Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This weekend is the last in-person opportunity for people to register with the Electoral Commission in order to vote in the election, which is we believe will be held in May. Um, now, outside of this period, one can register by email online, going on to, sorry, going on to their website, which I will find the details of. But I thought it was incredibly opportune to invite my colleague and expert extraordinaire on all things electoral, Marius Ritt. Marius, welcome. Thanks, Larry. We haven't had you for a while, so it's nice to see you again. As I said, the reason I wanted to raise this, because it's not just a little bit of the mechanics of registering and why registering is necessary to vote, but why voting is so important. So, why should why must people go out to register this weekend and what difference can it make to the outcome of the vote well uh voting is one of the key things that people can do in a democracy obviously that's not the only thing uh, that makes a democracy work or uh you know makes a country a democracy but it's one of the key things and there'll be people who will tell you that voting in south africa doesn't make a difference and so on but there's uh, nothing further from the truth. Uh, we've seen, for example, in Johannesburg, uh, if we look in 2011, uh, the ANC got about 60% of the votes in the local government election. Uh, now, um, in the last government, uh, local government election uh, in 2021, the combined votes of the ANC and the EFF was only about 45%. So mm. it shows you that uh, people are changing their vote, and the ANC actually does listen. People will be surprised, but the ANC actually, they, does, they, they do take notice of what happens at the ballot box. I think another good example comes from another local government election, the one down in uh, Port Elizabeth or Nelson Mandela Bay in 2016. When the ANC saw that it was uh, probably going to lose that uh, vote, which it did in the end, uh, it went and actually appointed uh, Daniel Ordan as its uh, mayoral candidate for Nelson Mandela Bay. And there's, uh, you know, there's probably a lot to criticize Danny Ordan uh, for, but for a lot of people, he's seen as a, a pretty good administrator, you know, somebody who can run things fairly well. And they didn't go put, uh, you know, just some uh, ANC uh, apparatchik or, you know, deployed ANC cater. They, they, uh, they made somebody who has uh, been fairly successful uh, outside of politics. Uh, I'm, I'm sure most people know, but Danny Ordan used to be uh, head of uh, South African football in South Africa. I think he's still uh, still quite involved. But anyway, they went. They made somebody who could actually who's been known to run organisations, who's fairly uh, efficient and competent, and they made him their mayoral candidate because they saw that there was they could vote uh, lose that vote in Nelson Mandela Bay, which they did in the end. I think another example is also uh, Yan Hateng, where Dave Makura was. Uh, the premier candidate in uh, 2014 and Makura also is somebody who's a fairly competent efficient person he's not just a deployed ANC cater and so the ANC uh, itself actually does listen to um, uh, what's happening at the ballot box and for all South Africa's problems uh, the IEC is actually an organization that's still doing fairly all right uh, I think and uh, m- most people know that the uh, what happens at the ballot box is generally a reflection of the will of South Africans, and I think uh, the IEC shows that. If uh, if we had rigging, that, as we get in a lot of other places, I mean, just across the border in Zimbabwe, for example, I don't think we'd be we'd see an ANC which is uh, panicking about being under 50%. And I don't think we'd see an ANC which had uh, voted out of basically every metro in South Africa. Um, many of the big cities and so on. So voting is just one of the most uh, powerful things I think as a citizen you can do to show your dissatisfaction with the government. And as I say, don't think that if you aren't, ne- I'm 
obviously I'm just assuming that people listening aren't uh, vote, aren't ANC voters, but don't assume that your vote doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And we've seen in South African elections that it does, and the ANC isn't this uh, monolith that uh, it's inevitable it'll win. And this uh, election coming up now is probably the most uncertain election, or it is the most uncertain election since uh, 1994. And I think people, uh, if they do want change, I think they need to go vote. And if you live in Gauteng, there's a very good chance that the ANC is going to be voted out of power this year. Mm-hmm. Maurice, one of the things I've said, and I've said it on air a couple of times, and when people, particularly young people, say, you know, why should I vote? Why does my vote count? And the thing about voting for me is that it is the one moment for every enfranchised South African, and that means every registered South African that goes to vote, every every South African is equal. Their race, their age, their, their income levels, poverty versus great wealth, none of that matters. You have a singular power, even though maybe one amongst millions, if there are enough millions of you voting in a certain direction, that's how the outcome can be determined. And I think people tend to forget that there is no moment of equality, probably in one's life, that is greater than voting. Yeah, am, I, am I overstating it? No, I think uh, that's uh, exactly right. And we've all seen those uh, famous photos from the 1994 election of those snaking queues of people. The first time many uh, adult South Africans, the first time they ever had a, a could vote, you know, people who were 50, 60, 70 years old, the first time they could actually ever vote in this country. And we still see these kinds of things. I mean, even the uh, last couple of times I've gone to go vote, I mean, it's just, you know, a little voting station in the suburbs, but they're long queues. People really want to come out and go vote and so on. And I mean, uh, this is in South Africa, but there's a, uh, 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 during the last Brazilian election, there was uh, the coverage was watching of it, and there was a guy who came to come uh, vote, and he's standing uh, at the um, uh, in, in his uh, ballot bu- uh, ballot booth there. He's about to go vote, and he's uh, an indigenous Brazilian, and he's just wearing a loincloth, and he's got you know like weird. Uh, uh, decorations on his ears and in his face and stuff and it was just one of those things showed this guy who's you know probably not mm. that connected to the modern world is equal to somebody who's living in Sao Paulo or Rio de Janeiro who basically lives the same as a westerner or mm. any well-off person in Johannesburg for example but as you say they they, they have the ex- exact equal say they can both go uh, have their say about what they think of the government and about the issues of the day mm. and I think you're completely right it's a very powerful tool that people have and I think uh, we often forget about it and it is the one time when mm. all South Africans are exactly equal it's mm. you know your votes I mean it's one man one vote your you have the exact anybody who's sitting anywhere if you are you know somebody who's a pensioner sitting in Kakamas your vote is exactly the same as you know a farmer sitting in Limpopo or you know some uh, a middle class person who's sitting in Parkhurst for example or someone sitting in Bishop's Court yeah exactly well yes and that, that has a certain resonance <laughs> um, I heard quite an interesting comment on a radio program that one of the things that had been sort of discovered in surveying people about registering and voting is a view I think a lot by a lot of probably poorer less sophisticated South Africans across the board that the world of politics is too complex for them to get involved in they do not know what South Africa needs and my comment and I'd be interested in your comment is that it, it doesn't matter what South Africa needs. South Africa needs what you need. Mm. You vote because you need certain things out of a government. And the, the chances are that a whole millions of others will have this pretty much the same needs. It struck me that it's actually something I've never heard before and, and I don't think I've ever heard addressed. Yeah, I think uh, that's also uh, completely right. People don't have to think about these 
kind of uh, very high complex concepts as you say just think about what you need in your area or your neighborhood what's going to make things better and vote for who you think that's uh, going to uh, you know change things for you obviously we have different ways i think all south africans broadly agree on the one to prosper south africa one that works for everybody but we all have very different ideas of how to get there mm. somebody who's maybe going to vote for the da wants to prosper south africa that works and but somebody who wants exactly that might think the best way to get there is through voting for the eff and nationalizing everything so, yeah, exactly <laughs> so i think that's where the complications come mm. in but and i think just for everybody it's something I just uh, important just uh I mean, nobody has to go read every party manifesto, but I think uh, it's important to at least go read a bit about the party you're thinking of voting for, mm. and then the parties that you're also considering. Obviously, it's impossible to read every single party manifesto, but maybe, the, as I say, the, the big parties and the ones you're considering uh, voting for, uh, if they're a bit smaller and so on. So, But I th do think on that, uh, uh, the issue of registering, uh, the, they are quite... Uh, we do actually have a bit of a problem with the proportion of people who are registering in South Africa mm -hmm. we've and the proportion of people who are actually coming out to vote uh, in the last local government election in 2021 only 30% of all eligible South Africans came to vote so that's all South Africans over the age of 18 so right so essentially it was 30% of also who, were, who were registered and came out to no, vote. No, no it was 30% of all eligible South eligible South Africans so everybody that's who's everybody. over the age of 18 uh, is eligible yeah but so only 30% of those people came to vote and in the 2019 national elections where we, you generally have a bit of a higher turnout right. 60, 66% of all registered voters came uh, out to vote but that was only equal to 46% of eligible voters so, so it's, that's, right. it's actually a bit concerning and we're actually a little bit lower than uh, developed democracies and in developed democracies so obviously the, the democracies in Europe and uh, United States and so on uh, they generally have turnouts of around about 50-odd percent, which is seen, and that's been declining over the years. And South Africa's turnout's also been declining. From uh, in 1994, about 86% of all eligible voters came out to vote. Uh, people will probably remember there wasn't a voters' roll in that mm. election. But since then, we obviously had a voters' roll. But now, uh, so in 2019, fewer than 50% of all eligible South Africans came out to vote. Mm. And that is actually quite concerning. Because if people start thinking that uh, voting isn't really a legitimate way of expressing grievances. We we see that in South Africa, people often, you know, uh, you don't. I mean, I don't condone it, but people come out and uh, you know block roads and burn out clinics because they feel they're not being heard. But people do get can be heard if they come go through the ballot box. But people aren't feeling that they are being heard, mm. and that's also an issue of uh, it's it's actually a crisis for democracy if we're not careful, mm. and. For a country to function, you need the uh, consent of the governed. Mm. And if people simply aren't voting, they, they might start thinking, well, I didn't actually consent to this government. Mm. And then they'll start thinking that uh, using violence is actually a legitimate way mm. of expressing their grievances. So mm. that's something that I think people, it's very important that people go out to vote. And it's definitely something we need to keep an eye on as South Africans if we continue seeing this uh, quite sharp decline in mm. the proportion of people who are actually coming out to vote. Mm. No, there's something, and it's not a South African phenomenon only by any stretch, but it's a, it's a, it's a mental space that's very difficult to get around because take putting aside the possibility that it may not be easy to get to voting stations, the actual physical barriers to voting, the process is simple. Mm. There's little to be lost by doing it. There's nothing to be lost by doing it. it it's 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 far less requires far less activity than than demonstrating or having civil uh, civil protests or service delivery protests and 
it strikes me as quite difficult how one gets from that to the idea that there's nothing to be lost by doing it. It's not as if, it, even if you feel that voting hasn't served, you know, it could, it could serve next time. It, it, it's, mm. it's, the fact that voting has not served is usually be, has something to do with the fact that not enough people have voted, mm. let alone, you know, who they vote for or don't vote for. And this strikes me as that a terrible anomaly that's really quite simple, but seems to be, inex- seems to be extremely complex. Any ways getting around it? Is there any magic bullet that we can put out there and say, you know, you, you, you lose, you, you've got nothing to lose but your freedom, so to speak? <laughs> I think it's just important. I think we do need voter education. People just need to uh, get, you know, uh, the importance of voting and how it can actually change your life needs to be drummed into people. And as we say, I mean, as I said, in 1994, we had nearly 90% of all eligible South Africans came out to vote because they knew how important that vote was. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose as people... Uh, uh, sort of thought that uh, things hadn't really changed since 1994. I mean, I think things have changed for most South Africans actually for the better since 1994 up until about 10 or 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, things have been uh, going a bit wonky since uh, Jacob Zuma became president of the country. <laughs> but before that, uh, things were, were changing and they were changing for the better. But uh, democracy is also a messy business. I think anybody who lives in Johannesburg uh, knows what's been happening with these coalitions and so on. And there's a person from a party who I think they won less than 1% of the votes in the 2021 local government elections, who's now the mayor. So um, that person became the mayor because of support of parties like the ANC and the EFF. And I think anybody who's worried about uh, the future of not just Joburg, uh, but South Africa, it's important for them to go vote. And you know, I don't want to tell anybody how to go vote, but I think anybody who can read the internet or the newspaper every day could probably think about which parties you shouldn't vote for, mm. not necessarily which ones you, you should, should vote for, yeah, but which ones you shouldn't vote for. Yeah. So, and I think that's, as I say, I think it's just drumming into people how important it is to vote. And I think that's probably something that should be taught in schools, mm. need some kind of civic education, just to make sure people know how important it is to vote. And all, that all said, Remember, democracy isn't just about coming to vote once every four or five years. It's about all the other kinds of things, writing to your MP or your councillor, you know, supporting organisations such as the one we work for and other ones, civil society organisations, and just getting involved. It's not just a process, not just a mechanical process you do uh, once every four or five years. It's much more, much more to it, but, mm. but one of the most important parts of democracy is being able to vote mm. and making your voice heard. Mm. And it is a cliche, but people did die for our, right, uh, our right to vote, not just in this country, but all over the world. So it's not something to be given away lightly, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, I think uh, I've sort of always had the position, I think I've voted in every election since, the, since I could vote. And it was the motivated really by the fact that it's too crucial of a, a right. It's a, it's a right you just don't ignore you don't, you don't discard um one of the things i wanted to ask you about you mentioned joburg and coalitions and pe and coalitions and people using water jugs to bash yeah. other M- <laughs> other M- other councillors over the heads with um my impression is i mean there's a lot of criticism about the chaos that's been that's been experienced in uh, coalition governments at local level but I'm not that uncomfortable about the fact that I think we've s- the signs have been fairly good that a little bit of maturity has come to the process and that at the national and provincial level we'll have moved on a step and moved quite quickly. Am I right or, or are we likely to see the head bashing and the similar floor crossing type activities? Look, I think um, 
coalitions, they were always going to start happening in South Africa because of our electoral system. It's, uh, we have what's called a proportional representation system where basically the proportion of the vote you get is the proportion of the seats you get. And there's no threshold which other countries have. I know Israel has a threshold of about 3% where you have to get at least 3% of the votes to get seats in the Knesset. I think you pronounce Knesset. That's and, right. Yeah. And Germany. No, one, no one's <laughs> pronouncing it at all at the moment, but we'll look at uh, Germany and uh, New Zealand have thresholds of about 5%, but South Africa doesn't have one. There's an implicit threshold of about 0.2%. That, that's why we get, and that's from local government level up to a national level. That's why you get these very small parties getting into councils and so on. So there's maybe a case to be made for thresholds, but overall, we were always going to have coalitions in South Africa at some point once uh, the ANC's power was sort of broken. And I do think we uh, start to see a little bit more maturity. And this is all part of South Africa's democratic, democratic growing pains. It was something we we're going to have to go through at some stage. Mm. And we've seen this at local government election, a uh, local government level. And the situation we have in the Johannesburg City Council, where we have an ANC at about 30-odd percent, DA at mid-20s, EF at 15 percent. Then uh, I think Action SA is at about 20-odd percent. And then all these other small parties with 1%, 2%. I think there's about 10 parties, maybe even more, in the Joburg City Council uh, that, uh, with 1% or 2% or whatever the case is. That's going to be the situation at uh, national government level, uh, maybe not in 2024, but may, maybe not 2029, but definitely by the 2030s. We're going to have to see the biggest party in Parliament will probably be a 25 or 30% party. Mm. Uh, but this is also the situation abroad. But uh, I think Germany is another good example where their coalitions are normally very stable because they have very long coalition um, negotiations beforehand mm -hmm. and they have legally binding agreements which we don't have via in South Africa and also there's a problem in South Africa that uh, a government has to be formed within 14 days after the election wow. so there's not really much time for horse trading and negotiations so it's something that we there, there's lots of reform we can do about this but coalitions I don't think they're inherently a bad thing and it's uh, something South Africans are going to have to start learning to live with and it'll probably be better for South Africa overall I think mm -hmm. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Maurice, I want to raise something that is concerning for me, and it's less the actual voting and counting itself, but it's the campaigning leading up to the election um, and the Electoral Commission's ability to deal with it. I mean, you're really hearing stories about the ANC promising to build facilities for one of the big churches, um, you know, the, the, the rumors of them going around saying, well, you know, we know, we'll know how you vote and you won't receive your food parcel if you vote against us. Um, is this unlawful? Is it just unfortunate? Is it just ugly? Is there something the Electoral Commission can do something about? My concern is that the Electoral Commission can't move in any event move fast enough to do enough about these things. But maybe I'm wrong. I think it is illegal but I think it is also hard to um, it's hard to kind of uh, manage and I think it also comes down to civic education where you tell people that uh, you know nobody knows how you vote. Although I've heard in previous uh, elections like the local ANC uh, kind of boss or whatever you want to call him will tell people warlord yeah exactly will say no you need to take a photo of your ballot paper and then you have to show me so maybe what people in those situations should do get one guy to take a photo of his ballot like he must go early in the morning and vote and he votes for the ANC then he just forwards that to all his friends takes it and then they can just say yes we voted for you <laughs> so but I, th I mean that is uh, I think that is a problem but overall in South Africa 
Uh, I mean, our elections haven't been without their problems. I mean, it would be impossible in a complex mm. country like South Africa to not have problems like that. But in general, uh, we haven't really seen too much of this kind of intimidation, I don't think. Mm. A bigger problem actually with the IEC is uh, a lack of resources. Uh, it's I don't know the exact number, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's uh, budget's been shrinking every year and elections are obviously getting more expensive. I mean, this election, there's also uh, going to be an extra ballot paper, so that's going to be extra however many millions of rands that uh, we need to print that. And uh, uh, there's a guy called uh, Mark Atkins. Uh, he's actually written a paper for the Institute of Race Relations on this about uh, el- the electoral integrity uh, of our elections and so on. And uh, he, doesn't have pr- he doesn't think there's really an issue with the IEC itself, but what happens, he's concerned about the resources that the IEC has and issues of human error. So he's gone through, uh, you know, he's basically looked at almost every voting station in South Africa. I mean, there's tens of thousands of them. And in, I mean, not a significant number, not like 20 or 30%, but in, you know, also not a vanishingly small number, he's picked up some fairly big errors where and it's just human error where mm. no nobody's picked it up and you know it's one of those things where if a party agent sort it would change for for example so in the local government election at some voting station the EFF uh, because people might know at local government election you can vote for local candidates and then also for political party so you'll say for example there the EFF candidates would have only got say seven votes but then the EFF party votes would have been 500 votes, which obviously just doesn't sim- doesn't make sense. Obviously, people split their vote. That's pretty normal, but not to that degree. And I'm, it's not, I mean, the EFF's benefited from it, but he's also flagged instances where the DA's benefited from this kind of human error. And so it's that that's probably where the, uh, that's an issue where I think mm-hmm. uh, where we need to keep an eye mm-hmm. out. And we've even seen, I mean, down in the, uh, in Cape Town, uh, the, the Cape Independence Party, they They'd actually had a couple of votes go missing, and they should have actually had two seats on the local, on the Cape Town City Council, which was amended once that error was found. But uh, um, Mark Atkins is a bit worried that the IC has also been a bit cagey about releasing these kinds of numbers. Mm. And I think uh, that's one of the things, uh, it, as I say, in South Africa, I think the vast majority of people, including even the EFF and now Jacob Zuma, accept that uh, what what happens at lo- uh, in elections is pretty much the will of the people. Mm. The EFF can stamp its feet as much as it wants and say that they actually won 70% of the uh, last election, but nobody believes that, nor does the EFF. Mm. But I think in a place like Zimbabwe, where there is legitimate concerns about it, and then you do start seeing violence, whether it's from the government or opposition figures, where it's probably where the opposition's probably won the last three or four elections in that country, and people knows, know it. And, I mean, it's kind of that... Uh, uh, quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, I Solzhenitsyn think, yeah, yeah. where he said, I mean, I don't know, but to paraphrase it, where he says, we know they're lying. They know that we know they're lying, but they carry on lying and everybody just kind of accepts it. And I think that's what happens in Zimbabwe, the elections. Mm. And we don't have that in South Africa at the moment, so I don't think we'll have that in 2024. But it's definitely something to keep an eye out. But as I said, I think the biggest problem is the possibility of human error mm. in, in our elections mm. and just the lack of resources and people not getting the training they need to make sure that also the elections are just efficient on uh, uh, election day and people go and they don't have to sit, sit in queues for hours. I think that probably also mm. stops a lot of people mm. if they know they're only going to stand in queue for an hour compared to six hours. So... Mm-hmm. I suppose they could do it the American way and send out ballots mm. by post if we had a postal service. <laughs> um, just the final thing I, I really wanted to shout out on the issue you raise about civil society. I think South Africa has an incredibly impressively strong civil society and it, it, it ironically sort of developed through the apartheid era and into the ANC governance era. And I would say that 
the role of civic society in sort of keeping government in the broadest sense honest has probably been and probably remains and, and is reflected in the ability to have elections that are relatively acceptable compared to places like Zimbabwe is because of that civil society. Um, and one of the threats of the new intelligence bill is that the government mandates vetting of, civil, of NGOs and church organizations. Um, surely that's just untenable. I mean, the opposition to it has been vociferous, but it, like a lot of other things, the time frame within which it can be expressed is not particularly long. Um, how do we, is there, is there a way the public can show support for, for this, um, given the fact that the, the, the ANC, and I know it's a bit of a curveball, they want to get it through Parliament, through the session, by the, by the beginning of March? I mean, that's the sort of thing the civil society is battling against. Yeah, I think it's, it's also quite a tricky thing, but I think if people are worried about that, they can support uh, their, whichever civil society organization, whether it's organization we work for or other ones. It's also, people themselves can make uh, submissions to Parliament, and, and, and Parliament actually has to read every single submission it receives. Uh, I don't think they do, but by law they have to. And if people, I mean, the parliamentary website is actually pretty easy to navigate. It's uh, pretty good as government websites go, so if people are interested, they can go and find a place to make um, a submission on that and just things that concern them. But I think, yeah, it's, that is something, and, and that's, there has been a bit of a, well, it's actually not new, but there's always been a bit of an authoritarian streak within the ANC and the uh, ANC government. So far, I mean, it's something that people have been able to uh, stand against. And f for now, so that, I mean, that's also one of the things about South Africa. It's still, it's a very, we are actually still a v quite a robust democracy. And we have been since 1994. And it's something that will carry on for a while, but there are quite big uh, warning signs that I don't think we can ignore. And this is one of them. Mm. Marius, thank you very much. I think uh, you, you've helped us considerably in the run up to this almost iconic last registration weekend and and after that it's all up to us mm. thank you so much thank you